Hello, hello. Welcome back to the On My Mind podcast. I genuinely missed you so much because the last two episodes have been guest episodes and I feel like we haven't had our proper one-on-one time in a little bit. So it's nice to be back. Just you and me. Uh, Is it you and me? Sometimes I have to pause when I'm trying to think if I use the right grammar. One sec. You and me. Yeah, it's just you and me. Life hack. My mom taught me this a very long time ago because she was very adamant on my sister and I having good grammar, speaking proper English, whatever. And the trick is if you ever want to know if it's I or me, you just take out the beginning part. So if I were to say, oh, it's just you and I, I wouldn't say it's just I, but I would say it's just me. So you take out the other part and then put in I or me and see which one makes sense. If you ever forget, which honestly, sometimes I do. And you know what? The more that I think about it, sometimes I get on myself. I'm like, why don't I know at the top of my head proper grammar? Sometimes when I'm at a loss for words, I'm like, why don't I know more, I guess? But I've just come to the conclusion that I'm not a dictionary So that's that. There's definitely room for improvement. It's funny noticing little talking tendencies that I have, especially doing this podcast, because when I'm editing the podcast, I cut out a lot of the pauses. I cut out most of my ums. And when I say like, if I can cut it out, I will. So you might think on the receiving end of this that I don't use filler words, but oh, honey, yes, I do. They usually get cut out typically, but something I noticed and I never noticed this. I don't think I talk like this in my actual life, but on the podcast, I think I do. Maybe I just don't notice it because I'm obviously overanalyzing the podcast before I put it up, but I never noticed that when I talk, I say, you know, a lot, you know, I just noticed that I do that so much in this podcast. And so sometimes I try to cut it out because one time I counted and it was driving me insane. And it was, it was in an episode. And I think I counted 31 times that I said, you know, and given, okay, not 31. I'm being dramatic. I'm not going to lie. I'm a very dramatic person. And I tend to fluff up the truth a little bit. It was more like 15, 16. I don't know why I said 31 that, uh, came out way too natural, but it was like 15 or 16 times that I said, you know, in a 45, 50 minute episode. And I tried to cut out most of them where it fit, but I was just astonished. I had no idea that I said that that often. So sometimes when I'm recording these, I just try to be aware of what I'm saying, but also it's gotten to a point where I kind of just tell myself that I just need to let things flow and not worry about it. Anyway, I don't know how we got to this conversation here, but hope you're having a good day. Hope you're having a good month so far. We are in a new month. It is April. Spring is here slash right around the corner. I don't know. Wait, is it spring? I think it is. Sorry if I'm a little bit, not weather confused, but uh, season confused because it just never really switches here. So I'm pretty sure it's spring. I love this time of year just because I feel like it's the perfect time to reset your life, kind of check back in with yourself. It's been a few months since the new year. So I feel like it's a good time to re-get your life together, you know, do some spring cleaning, which I've been doing. I got rid of a few bags of clothes today, which felt so good. Just random stuff that I had accumulating. I recently deep cleaned my apartment, which it was in dire need of that. And so the other day I spent the entire day cleaning the bathrooms, the kitchen 
the whole shebang vacuuming all the whole nine yards and it feels really good now and i just love the vibe of spring it's so happy and fresh and the flowers are blooming yada 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 i just love spring and spring also means that summer is closer so that's all very exciting also in exciting news we hit one year on the podcast it is on my mind's one year birthday on march 31st we hit one year of being together it's been one year of me posting my thoughts every week and i'm just so grateful for doing this for a whole year for the support that you've given me for listening you have no idea how much i appreciate this i love our podcast family so much you guys are the best i just feel like this is such a safe cozy space and this is one of my favorite platforms to be on and it's just crazy that it's already been a year because I remember starting and I remember being so scared to start I wasn't sure if podcasting was going to be my thing I really wanted it to be but sometimes you just don't know until you actually do it because in theory I was like oh I could do a podcast but you never really know until you fully do something and so now that I've been doing it for a year I feel like I've done it long enough where I can say that I feel like a podcaster, which I really didn't feel comfortable claiming to be a podcaster in the beginning, just personally, because I just didn't feel like that. But I do feel like that now. And it's so cool because I feel like usually my identity is kind of tied to YouTube. Like, oh, she's a YouTuber. But I feel like I'm also a podcaster now. So that is crazy that on my mind is a year old and there's many more years to come. I can see myself doing this for as long as you'll listen. So thank you for your ears and for tuning in every single Wednesday. I just appreciate you so much and I'm excited to see where this goes in the future. Last week was also my 50th episode, which is obviously halfway to 100 episodes, which is also equally crazy. Lately, I have been pretty good about staying in my routines. I feel like I've finally kind of cultivated a good morning routine. Does it happen every day? No, because that's not the most realistic for me. If I'm going to be honest, I feel like I don't really do well with the same set, set in stone structure every single day just because I feel different every single day. And given I do have amazing flexibility with what I do and stuff, so I'm able to kind of switch it around. But I've been really happy with my morning routine lately. If you follow me on Instagram, you would see that I don't want to say I've started running as if I'm about to be some marathon runner because I am not, nor am I desiring to be, but I ran. I ran. Woohoo. Who knew? Not me. I haven't ran in actual years. I think the last time I ran a mile was when I was in high school sports, like my junior year, which is a very long time ago. And it's also crazy because I had this realization the other day that come May 19th, of 2023, which is a month away, I will have been out of high school for four years, which is something else entirely to unpack because that is crazy that I've been out of high school as long as high school is. What do you mean by that? So that's pretty nuts. But I have recently not gotten into running because I'm not really trying to have it be this huge thing. But it's just been fun because I went on a run with Micah because he's doing his training stuff and he invited me to come with him. And I was like, okay. And he initially was like, let's just go on a walk. So we were going to do this whole loop and it was going to end up being about three, three and a half-ish miles. And I love going on walks. I feel like typically I just do walks on the treadmill, but I love doing them outside. And it was nice that he wanted to do that together. And so at first I thought it was just going to be a walk. So the first day that we did that together, we just walked the whole thing. And it was like three and a half, 3.75 miles, I think. 
felt super good. And then the next day he was like, do you want to run some of it with me? And I was like, yes, you know what? Let's just do it. I do love nothing more than a good sweat. And I feel like it's been a while since I had intense cardio like that. And so he led the way. And in my mind, I'm like, I am not about to be like, I can't run anymore. I can't do it because I feel like I'm not in running shape. I, in general, feel like I'm in pretty okay shape, pretty good shape, but I'm not in running shape because it is very specific. I feel like for any sport, you can be, let's say, for example, you could be in swimming shape, but maybe not marathon running shape. You could be a marathon running shape, but not be like in weightlifting shape. I feel like it's all pretty different. And so he was leading the way. We were running like an eight minute mile pace, which is pretty fast considering that I haven't ran in so, so long. But in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to be the one to be like, I can't do it. I feel like I can't. Because let me tell you, in my head, I was like, oh, you can't, you can't, you can't. But the body was still able to go. And I kept trying to talk myself out of it in my head. But because I had the accountability partner of him leading the way. And I also didn't want to, like, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to be embarrassed of like stopping and not being able to. So ended up running two miles and then walking two miles together, which was so fun. And then I ended up another day alone doing that same thing. And I didn't run as far, but I don't know. That has been really nice lately. Just getting up a little bit earlier, getting outside. I feel like I'm finally finding a good morning routine for myself, even though it looks different from day to day. But I feel like the routines in it pretty much stay the same. Just sometimes the orders get mixed up. It's not always at the same time. You know, sometimes I lead, leave things. Sometimes I add different things. So that has been really nice. I really just want to feel like I have some sort of structure in my life. I feel like that's definitely lacking because of what I do. I don't really report to anyone except for myself. And I really do miss the structure of like having to do things sometimes. So having a morning routine has been very nice. I know this has been a journey that I've been on for a while, but I wanted to give you a little update. I do have some pretty exciting news. When you are listening to this, I will have just gotten back, but I'm going on a very last minute trip to LA for literally one day. I fly out the 10th. I'm doing the thing, the 11th, and then fly out early on the 12th for an opportunity that is literally such a dream. And 13-year-old me would be sobbing and not believe it and just freaking out at this opportunity. I can't exactly disclose it yet, but it is with a brand that I grew up with. I'm doing a campaign. It all happened very last minute. I'm so, so honored and excited to be a part of it. So this has all been new information to me. I literally found out a few days ago that I had the opportunity to do this. I accepted it. And so now I'm kind of just trying to get ahead of things. So when you're listening to this, I'm probably already going to be back. Well, I will already be back in Hawaii, but stay tuned to my Instagram for more on that. I'll share what I can share over there, but that'll be super fun. I feel like cool opportunities like this always happen in either LA or New York. And so I don't know, it's just so crazy that I get to do stuff like this. And I feel like me who started this whole social media journey nine years ago would just not be able to believe her eyes. So I feel like I'm doing her proud, which is really cool. And it feels really good to do that. I'm really excited, looking forward to it. And then after that, when I come home from that super quick trip, I have two and a half-ish, three-ish days here at home. And then I leave for the rest of April. I'm going out of the country for two weeks. I'm heading to Australia which is, I think, as much as I can say right now. However, when you're listening to this, go head over to my Instagram because that 
will be coming up. I leave that following weekend and that is basically what's going on right now. I have a lot of travel coming up, which I'm so, so grateful for. It's definitely a lot for me because I feel like although I do travel quite a bit, I feel like I'm not the type of person who can just go, go, go all the time. Like if I was the kind of person who was traveling once a month, every month, because I have friends who do that. I know people who do that. I don't, I don't think that would be quite me and I don't think I would necessarily thrive the best. So already this, I'm kind of a little bit, you know, just jittery about and trying to get myself in a good headspace before all that traveling, before leaving for so long, because a part of me, a big part of me is such a homebody. And so even though in theory, two weeks is not that long, to me it is. So it's definitely a weird feeling to be so excited for something, but also very stressed and like nervous. Whenever I start getting those emotions about it, I kind of just tell myself, to just live in the present. It's not even here yet. It's not worth stressing about. Everything is literally going to be okay. I just feel like when I try to look at the bigger picture of it, of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be gone for super long and it's going to be super hectic. I'm going to be out of the country. The time difference is super crazy from home away from everyone I like know and love for so long. Well, so long. It's literally two weeks. I know I'm being a little dramatic here, but I guess because I'm going to an area so foreign to me, I've never been to Australia, which can we talk about that? That is so crazy. I am so excited. And I'm going to be in different areas in Australia with one of my best friends, which I'm so excited about. That is just going to be the coolest thing ever. So I am just trying to mentally prepare for all of that. That's kind of why I've been trying to get my shit together here at home so that I can leave with a clear headspace, a clean apartment, and therefore come home to that. One thing about me, I'm always trying to save a little money where I can and somewhere I know I can probably be a little bit better is grocery shopping. I didn't really realize before living alone, but groceries can be very expensive and add up. And if you have realized the same thing, Thrive Market can help you out. Thrive Market is the go-to for all grocery and household essentials. The convenience of getting it all quickly shipped to your doorstep is the biggest time saver. So no more waiting in grocery lines or driving to the store. Your free time can actually be your free time and they have all the good stuff that you would want. One of my favorite things being the Annie's mac and cheese. And if you know me, you know, it's my all-time favorite comfort food. Love mac and cheese, specifically Annie's. As a Thrive Market member, you save money on every single order, on average over 30% each time. Unfortunately, I can't get Thrive Market here in Hawaii, but I have sent my sister in New York City lots of goodies, and I'm very jealous because she'll send me photos of what she gets, and it all looks so, so good. If you're looking to save even more, Thrive Market has a deals page that changes daily, gives you cash back on so many brands, and they they have a price match guarantee. Something that I love about Thrive Market and really appreciate is their filters on their website and app. So whether you're looking for gluten-free snacks or non-toxic cleaning essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with the click of a button. There are people in my life with some dietary restrictions, so I've seen firsthand how difficult it can be to find good food at times. So I love that Thrive Market, one, has all these delicious food options, and two, makes it super easy for everyone to find food they'll enjoy. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join they give join thrive market today and get 30 percent off your first order plus a free 60 dollar gift go to thrivemarket.com mind for 30 percent off your first order plus a free 60 dollar gift that's t-h-r-i-v-e thrivemarket.com mind thrivemarket.com mind go check it out 
that's what has been going on. But to get into today's episode, I'm so excited to be doing another advice session. You all know I love doing these periodically and I always feel like I did it more recently than I did because I swear I did one last month, but I was looking at my podcast and I realized I haven't done an advice session since January. So I feel like we're overdue for one. I asked you all on the podcast Instagram at my mind pod to ask about different things that you need advice on. So I'm going to get into that. If you want to participate in future episodes, definitely go check out the podcast Instagram. But without further ado, let's give some advice. How to heal from a best friend breakup. Well, first things first, It's important to know that it's okay to mourn a friendship. It's okay to mourn the memories that you made with someone. It's okay to mourn the memories that you thought you were going to make with someone. It's so hard because a lot of the time friendship breakups, especially best friends, when they break up, it can hurt as much as sometimes more than a relationship breakup. And it weighs heavy on your heart. It weighs heavy on your mind in a lot of similar ways and a lot of different ways. I feel like a lot of the times we expect friends to just last forever. And as I've grown up, especially going through different friendships in my 20s, transitioning out of friendships after, you know, high school and navigating all of that going into adulthood, it's become so much more apparent to me that some friends don't last forever, even if you want them to. And it's hard, but I feel like it's okay to have different levels of friends. It's okay that some friendships have their seasons and it's totally normal for that. And I used to believe that, oh, if I'm going to be friends with somebody, then they have to be my best friend. But now I've kind of realized that it's okay to have different levels of friendships with people. Not everyone has to be your absolute best friend. I'm going a little bit off topic here, but going back to what I was saying, healing from a best friend breakup, you have to give yourself some grace, honestly, because any type of breakup, friendship breakups, relationship breakups, they all hurt. They all suck. And sometimes you need to just give yourself some time to cry, to feel your emotions, whatever you're feeling. It's valid because it can be so shocking when friendship breakups happen, given some are messier than others. But I feel like in general, it's good to focus on yourself, focus on the friendships that you do have and building those and kind of grieving the friendship that you did have. Some friendship breakups are permanent and sometimes it's not. Sometimes you go through different phases with your friends where you're super close and then you go through a season in your life where you're not and you hardly talk and then you become close again, which has happened to me before and it's totally normal when that happens. It's just a part of growing up. It's part of the growing pains. But giving yourself the space to feel your emotions is definitely really important whenever you're going through something that weighs really heavy on you like this. What should I do if the guy I like is flirting with me but just got out of a relationship? All right, I'm going to be honest. I feel like my first initial reaction to that question is to just proceed forward with caution. I don't think you necessarily need to cold turkey cut him off, but that could very well be a sticky situation. So I feel like if you also like him, just proceed with a guarded heart. Protect your heart. Anytime someone is freshly out of a relationship, that is not the time to be hopping into another one. People, humans, we need time to process things, heal from things. And when people jump from one relationship straight away into another, not saying that that's wrong or you're a bad person for that because that happens a lot in life. And if you've done that, there's no judgment coming from me. But I feel like a lot of the times when someone is out of a relationship, 
They're just looking for a distraction to distract themselves from the hurt from the breakup. They maybe don't want to face what happened or they just want someone to make them feel better. So that's why I say be careful because being the rebound sucks. And a lot of the times we'll make excuses like, oh, I'm not the rebound until you realize that you are. And I'm not saying that this is the exact case. Obviously, I don't know the whole situation in its entirety. So this is kind of just me giving broad advice. Like I've said before in other advice sessions, I didn't say it in this one, but you can take my advice. You can leave it. I'm not saying it's absolutely perfect. It's just one person's opinion. But I do think that there's just something, there's something about if a guy was flirting with me and he just got out of a relationship, I'd probably run screaming. <laughs> Again, there are certain circumstances where I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I guess just be careful. Ask yourself what you're looking for out of it. If you in your head are like, oh, I really like this guy too. I like that he's flirting with me and I want to get into a relationship with him. Take it slow. If somebody just got out of a relationship, people need time to heal, to move on. Even if they've already moved on, I feel like in general, there's not a whole lot of instances where going straight from one relationship into another with like no turnaround time in between, I would just be a little bit wary about. Making new friends as an ambivert, I'm outgoing, but I have a low social battery. So if anyone doesn't know what an ambivert is, I'm going to pull it up for you because I don't quite know either. I think I know, but I want to be able to explain it correctly. Google says that an ambivert is a person whose personality has a balance of extrovert and introvert features. All right, that makes sense. I feel like I'm that way too. There's a lot of ways that I'm outgoing, but I'm so introverted in other ways. And I'm totally someone who has to recharge the social battery. I can't just keep going, going, going. But I do think if you're looking to make new friends, but you have a low social battery, look for friends, look for the type of people who charge your social battery, who don't take away from your social battery, because there's definitely people out there who give you energy to be, be around, not just kind of take away energy and are it's a lot to, you know, a lot of energy to put out there when you're hanging out. So I feel like seek out people who are also similar to you in that way. The people who don't drain your social battery, who maybe even help you charge it. I feel like if you can make friends who are similar to you in that way, it's definitely really helpful. I've noticed for me, I love the friendships that I have where it's just so mutual in the fact that when we hang out, it's not just crazy chaotic energy. There's also moments of like silence. I love friendships where you don't have to be talking all the time. That's my absolute favorite. But like I've said in the beginning of this podcast or in the beginning of this advice part, it's good and it's okay to have all different types of friends. So if you have extroverted friends who maybe it takes a lot out of you socially to hang out with them, that's okay. If you have more introverted friends, that's okay. It's good to have variety. If you seek out making friends who kind of have that similar vibe to you as an ambivert, then that would be a pretty perfect match. How you found the right time and courage to end a long relationship. Well, I will tell you now, there's never going to be a right time and you're never going to feel ready. And if you wait for that moment, you will drag it on way too long, which is not fair to you. It's not fair to the other person. It truly is a ripping off the band-aid type of thing and there's a way to do it and I don't think there's a perfect way to do it because it's really hard when you know you want to end a relationship but you also don't want to hurt the person so trust me I totally get that but you just you have to do it and in a way you almost have to prepare yourself for any reaction because anytime someone gets bad news it's not going to be the reaction that you want sometimes it's not going to be the reaction that you expect you kind of have to expect the worst and 
be okay with that because if someone are put yourself in the other shoes, if someone were to break up with you, I don't necessarily know how you'd react personally, but I know me, I would probably not just take it and be like, okay, great. Like smile on my face. You know, it could get ugly, but I just, I don't think there is a right time to do things like that. Doing hard things. There's never going to be right time. You're never going to have enough courage. So you have to just do it. And I'll encourage you by saying this, once you do, it will be a weight off of your shoulders, which is sounds selfish because you're breaking up with someone, but it, it truly will be. And at the end of the day, whenever a breakup happens, whether you initiate it or not, you're doing not only yourself, but the other person a favor, because that wouldn't be fair to them. It wouldn't be fair to you to stay in something if someone's not feeling it. And it's not good to drag stuff out like that, especially because the longer you do that, the more resistance you're going to build to doing it. And that's where it gets messy. I know it sucks. It's literally the worst thing, but it would be worse to stay in something that isn't right. Starting life in the quote unquote real world after college. I don't know what the advice here that I need to give is, but I'm going to assume that you want me to talk about what it's like, what I can say. Well, I never experienced college, like going through the whole college experience. Yes, I did online classes, but I didn't do the whole like four years going physically to a college, staying there, whatever, and then like graduating. It's definitely a trip though, because I had that kind of experience after graduating high school. I was like, oh shit, I'm really out here (laughs) in these streets, (laughs) not in the streets, in uh, the real world, as adults like to say and scare us with when they're talking about what we're going to do with our lives. I feel like you kind of have to be prepared for anything and everything because when you graduate college and you're done with school, like you're not doing the extra schooling to get a doctor or whatever it is, you're done with the whole education thing, right? It is truly the biggest trip because the transition from going to high school to college, yes, it's weird, but almost in a way it's like, okay, well, I'm done with high school now, but I have the next four years of my life planned out because I know I'm going to be in college. After college, after you're done with your education, there's really none of that security of knowing what you're going to be doing. And that could also be looked at as an exciting thing because it is. And the possibilities for you are endless, which is amazing. But it can also be scary. I feel like going through that, you're in your young 20s. That is when the most change is happening in your life. You're trying to figure out what you want to do. And you don't have to have it all figured out. You're allowed to change what you want to do once you're out of college. And that's something that I tell people when they get nervous about wanting or starting a career out of college and working and getting into their adult jobs, it's that you can change your career at any point that you want. You're not set in stone, stuck into something if you don't like it. You're allowed to experiment different things, maybe even take some time off. I don't know. Everyone has such different paths after college. There's no right or wrong thing to do, but the possibilities are endless, which is scary, but it's also empowering. And it's a good feeling to kind of know that it's the season in your life to create the life that you're going to be living that's outside of school. Because up until now, before getting into the real world, you are in this bubble of going to school for the past 12, 13, 14 years, however long it is. And so now it's kind of like hitting the reset button and completely starting over your life, which kind of sounds scary, but you just kind of wing it. I think everyone in life is literally winging it. I haven't met a person who is 100% so sure about what they're doing. Never met a person, (laughs) even myself. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing in five years. I don't know. We're just doing it (laughs) 
not really know what it is that we're doing and just figuring it out along the way. Find something that you enjoy. Find something that will support the life you want to live. It might not always be pretty at first, but you have to start somewhere. Ooh, all right. This one is kind of related to what I just answered, but this one says, I'm terrified of graduating university. How do I tackle the what now feeling? Well, one, let me just validate what you're feeling for a sec because most, if not all people go through this feeling. Some people maybe have it all set up right after they're done with college and it seems like they just have everything together and you know it's just this perfect path for them. But a lot of us, most of us, we do have that feeling of what am I doing? What is happening next? Like I said, it's so confusing when you're used to having your life kind of planned out for you and suddenly there's no direction and there's no one telling you what you have to do because there's so many different possibilities of what you could do. But I think in order to tackle that feeling and that scariness of post-grad life, you kind of just have to look at it as an opportunity to figure out what you're passionate about, try new things. You don't have to hop into your lifelong career right away. You might not even know what that is yet, and that's totally fine. Figuring out who you are. I feel like this is the biggest time of self-discovery for people. And yes, it's scary, but that's also so exciting. Does that not sound amazing to finally be out of school and figure out who you are, what you want to do? It might take long. It might not. You just don't know because everyone is so different. Post-grad life for everyone is so different. And honestly, the possibilities are endless for you, which is exciting. I feel like instead of only looking at the things that scare you, you have to look at the things that excite you and really focus on those. How to balance a busy schedule and time for yourself. Ooh, I love this question because you all know I've been talking about wanting to incorporate more balance into my life, especially work-life balance, social life balance. I feel like what it comes down to is quite literally scheduling it into your days because if you don't make it a priority, it's not going to happen. It'll kind of just be put to the back burner. And a lot of the time, the thing that we put off is the thing that would make us feel good and the stuff that seems small but really makes a difference. So whether that's scheduling in self-care time, scheduling in social life time, maybe even waking up a little bit earlier to have more moments to yourself in the morning before just having your alarm going off and immediately having to get your day started and it starts on a chaotic, hectic note. There's different things that you could do to make time for yourself, but it it comes down to making time for yourself, especially if you feel like you don't have any. Trust me, you do. I feel like there's always something that you could cut out. For example, if you really wanted to prioritize yourself and make time to do things that you love, I noticed for me, I would complain that, oh, I don't have time to read in a day or something like that. Well, if I replaced it with scrolling on my phone at night, then I would have a ton of time. So it's kind of about giving or taking certain things so that you can fit in other stuff and prioritizing what really matters to you. I got another question that was kind of similar to that. This person says, as someone working two jobs, I could use any work-life balance tips that you have. And in regard to that specifically, I feel like if you have a job where you can leave stuff at the office or at your workplace, leave it there. Do not take issues home with you. Do not let them exit your workplace with you. I feel like that's kind of the beauty of having a job that you only have to think about when you're actually there is that it doesn't creep into your personal life. However, if you do have the type of job where it does creep into your personal life, you have to set that boundary 
for yourself and not let work stress, work drama creep into your regular life, which can be really hard, especially if you feel like work is your life and that's kind of what you talk about a lot and what most of your days revolve around. But to share some tips, I think with work-life balance, one, it's important to learn to say no to things. Let's say someone asks if you can take on an extra shift or your boss asks if you can fit something, another task to do in your schedule and you really don't want or have the time to do that, it's okay to say no. You're allowed to say no to things that are outside of your work. What's the word I'm looking for? Your work description, your work, typical work tasks. You're allowed to say no to things. And I know how scary it can be to say no, but it's so empowering to do so. And sometimes you just got to put on your big girl cowboy boots. Uh, That's not the saying. Put on your big girl underwear. I don't know the saying, but you just have to do it and build that confidence within yourself to learn to say no so that you can make time for yourself, for other things. Also, taking breaks is very important. And when you do have a day off or days off, if you have the weekends off, make them intentional. And that doesn't mean you have to go out and have a crazy fun weekend every weekend. I know sometimes there's like weekend guilt if you didn't do something super fun. Sometimes having an intentional weekend is intentionally resting and resetting and recharging. Other times, maybe it's getting wild and being social and doing stuff that you enjoy, doing your hobbies. Sometimes maybe it's a mix of both, but being intentional about the days that you have off and not thinking about work, fully unplugging is very, very important. And along with that, just trying to keep your work life and your personal life separate will help a lot. And most importantly, taking time to do things that make you feel good, that make you happy, all of the above. You know what that is for you personally, whatever self-care it is, do it. Make time for it. There's always, always time for it. You just have to find it sometimes if it's not apparent to you, but it's there. How to handle knowing that in a few months, life will never be the same. Well, (laughs) this sounds like how I used to think because I used to freak myself out about the future so much. You can't worry about how different your life might look a few months from now because you're then you're missing out on what's happening right now and you're living so much in the future that your current life is going to pass you by and you're going to be like, where did the time go? And it's because you weren't even present for it. So if you ground yourself in whatever your moment you're in now, whatever season of life that you're in, in turn doing that, I feel like naturally you just stop worrying about the future. If you just focus on what's happening now and honestly just knowing that, yeah, life is going to look different in a few months. If life looks the same, it's not life. Part of the human experience is experiencing change and nothing ever stays the same for that long, which is scary to think about. But I feel like if you look at it as a big picture, yes, it's scary to think about how much your life can change in a few months, in a year. But when you're taking things day by day, I feel like the change happens slowly. It doesn't feel so abrupt like if you look at it as a big picture so you just gotta force yourself to be here to be now and enjoy what you're experiencing right now because you're gonna miss out if you don't how to ask out my guy co-worker he's so funny and cute but i forget how to speak oh it be like that having crushes is so fun and honestly love that feeling so here's what you're gonna do you're just gonna do the damn thing. You're not gonna think about what you're gonna say. However, if you do wanna think about what you wanna say, I feel like you could just keep it very casual. It doesn't have to be like, will you go on a date with me? That's that's doing far too much. You could just be like, well, I don't know how old you are, but you could be like, hey, wanna go get drinks after work? Or hey, wanna hang out sometime? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how people do that. I honestly don't have 
much experience in the dating world. So I feel like I can't offer personal advice, just advice that I have from other people's experiences around me. But hey, big picture, five years from now, five months from now, it's not even going to matter. So just do it. It could go well. It might not. You never know. And that's the fun part about it. But what if it does? And honestly, making the first move is hot. Make the first move. (laughs) How do I stop being stringed along when he keeps playing me but won't stop messaging me? I hate to be the one to break this to you, but it looks like it's up to you. Because if he's playing you, but he's still stringing you along, it's up to you to be like, bye, I do not deserve this. You're not worth my time, energy, or effort, and I deserve far more than this, and I don't like this, and I don't accept it, then it's up to you to do that because they're not going to stop, especially if they're in like the power position of, oh, she's going to keep responding to me, then I can do whatever I want. It's in your hands, which is empowering. How to make decisions. I need to stop being indecisive. This one really resonates with me because I used to claim that I was very indecisive and I say used to, I'm going to use past tense because I'm really trying to get over that here, but I feel like, and this comes out, especially in my relationship, whenever I'm given an option of what do you want to do today? (laughs) All thoughts leave my body and I I don't know how to make a decision. I don't know how to choose between different places to eat. I, I physically don't know, especially when it comes to someone else, like being involved. If it was me, I would know what I would pick, but when it comes to someone else, It just, my decisiveness goes out the window. So I totally feel you on that. But I feel like my best advice to make a decision, well, actually, I don't think this is going to be the best advice, but if you are torn between two things, flip a coin, tell yourself that whatever it lands on, that's what you're going to go with. And midair, when that coin is flipping, it could be a theoretical coin as well. But I feel like if you actually do this, it would probably be more helpful. When it's midway through the air, you're going to know what you want it to land on. And that's what you choose. Obviously, this wouldn't work for everything that you need to make a decision about. But I feel like when it comes to making a decision in general, you just have to move forward with confidence behind it. And once you do make a decision, just go with it. Don't doubt it. Just full force, full confidence. Stand behind what you chose. How to live my best life. I'm literally stuck in a cycle of work and study. Honestly, sometimes that's how life is. Sometimes we get stuck in a cycle of things. Things feel repetitive and boring. And a lot of the times that's not in our control because it's just how life goes. But I feel like to make yourself feel like you're living your best life, you have to do fun things. And between all the other stuff you have to do, plan fun little weekend outings or dates that you want to do with yourself, with your friends, with your partner, romanticizing the life that you do have. I am a big fan of romanticizing my life. When I was cleaning my entire apartment the other day, I literally pull on, put on a full-length little dress to romanticize cleaning so that I would enjoy cleaning because it makes me feel like a housewife. Like, I, I don't know where my brain is sometimes, but that wouldn't have been the most fun day, but tell me why I had the best time in my life cleaning in a dress. Sometimes you just have to romanticize the little things. But I do think a big thing when it comes to living your best life is to stop comparing it to other people's. We're all in different situations than each other and it's impossible to be happy with your own life if you're comparing your situation to someone else's, especially when their circumstances are very different. Planning fun things to do, doing little mini things here and there that spice up your life, whatever it is, music, little plans here and there, maybe dressing up for occasions when you go out, whatever it is, do the little things that make you feel good. And with that, those are all of the questions I'm going to be answering in today's 
advice session. I hope you all enjoyed listening. Thank you so much for one year of On My Mind. I can't wait for many years to come. And that was all the advice on my mind.